Dan Foxo. But we're going to be listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's interview. Classic interview. Great interview. And I think you all will have a few notes on this one because obviously in this interview, he's going to deal with several topics. So this is what we're going to be listening to this Tuesday morning. Let's open up in prayer. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. Surely I'm being turned unto thee, striving to be upright to him who originated the heavens and earth, and I'm not among the polytheists. Surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for a lot of lords of the worlds. No associate has he, this I'm commanded, and I'm of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king, there is no God but thee. Thou art my lord, and I'm not servant. I've been unjust to myself, and I confess my fault, so please grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me to the best of morals, for none can guide me into the best of morals but thee. And turn away from me the evil and the indecent morals, for none can turn away from me the evil and the indecent morals but thee. And know Allah bless Muhammad and bless the true followers of Muhammad, as thou did bless Abraham and the true followers of Abraham. For surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. And know Allah make Muhammad successful and make the true followers of Muhammad successful, as thou did make Abraham and the true followers of Abraham successful. For surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and get this thing rocking and rolling. Thank you all for tuning in to this morning's Power Call. Uh, for those who are on the Zoom, again, on the Zoom, you uh, please take notes so that at the end you can share what stood out to you. If you're watching this outside of Zoom, meaning on YouTube or Facebook right now, I wasn't talking to you, but if you would like to come on the Zoom directly with us, you can go to www dot brother ben links dot com and that top button is gonna say nation it's gonna see the you're gonna see the flag you're gonna see text nation to this number to join us Monday through Friday once you click it it's gonna open up your text messages and when it opens up your text messages hit send because it's gonna already have the word nation in there. Once you send a text it's gonna respond with a zoom link and a passcode. Come on to Zoom and you'll be really uh, ready to rock with us every morning. Also, before we get started, don't forget the, the big question. The big question, how will God work through you today? Yes, we see him in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We we see him in the, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in his works. But the question is, how will you reflect God today yourself? What are you going to do to reflect God in your own life? All right. Let's get started. Let's get started. As a minister and follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, my greatest desire is that you, the black man and the black woman of America, understand the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his divine mission among us. I know that all of you out there have heard something of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And all of you have some degree of knowledge of this great man and his work among us. But as a follower of his and one who loves him and one who has dedicated his life to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I am not happy or am I well pleased 
with what you know of him. Nor can I leave you in the position that I find you with respect to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Therefore, in the name of Allah and his messenger, I hope that these few minutes that we will be together will be ones that we will share in a better understanding of this great man of God in our midst. For if we don't understand the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we could lose our lives. White America, if you don't understand the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you could end up as Pharaoh in Egypt. You could lose your government and ultimately lose your lives. Elijah Muhammad is the man of the hour. And you will never know what to do in this hour, how to move in this hour, how to walk in this hour, if you don't understand the man of the hour. And this is my duty to you. This is my mission to you, is to make clear and understandable to you the messenger of Allah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Proudly presents Farrakhan, the Minister. An interview with Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. Your host for this evening, the producer of Soul, Ellis Hazel. Minister Farrakhan, it's uh, indeed a great honor to have you with us on Soul again. It's, uh, well, it's a great honor. Uh, you just um, ran down some things that were uh, dealing with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And maybe the first thing we should define so that everyone will understand the program in its proper context is how you define yourself as a minister, what the word minister means. Well, the word minister, according to the dictionary, means a servant of a king. And it generally deals with service. As a minister of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I am a servant of his. I don't really refer to myself in the term or minister. I'm a student in the ministry of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. To serve Elijah Muhammad is to serve the black man. To serve the black man means to understand what the black man needs and to give the black man what he needs. So to be a minister to me means to look at the condition of the mass of black people and to guide the black man to what would make him a satisfied in that context and using the word minister do you mean to look at the mass of all black people or are you referring specifically to people who are within the nation of islam and this question is going to lead to another 
the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad are those who are being ministered to. Our desire is to minister to every black man, woman, and child, not only in America, but all dark people all over the world are in the same condition. The black man... The black man in America is in the worst condition of any black people on earth. The Bible says of him that he has eyes, but he can't see. He has ears, but he can't hear. He has a tongue, but he can't speak. He's a lame man who walks with a crutch, meaning that he's a dependent man. He's a leper in that he has a white mind. He's mentally dead. This man needs a minister. This man needs... Not only that, but the black man of America is pitiful in his economic condition. He's pitiful in his moral condition. He's pitiful in his social condition. He's just a pitiful, pitiful man, disunified, filled with self-hatred. So if a man would be a minister of this people, he must serve the black man, not serve himself, but serve black people. And this is why I'm proud to be a minister of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, for he is the man whom Allah has raised up to fulfill the needs of the black man, and he is teaching me how to open the eyes of my blind black brothers and sisters, how to open their ears, how to make them to speak, how to cause them to walk without that cane, how to cleanse that leprous mind, how to put them together and make black people to love and respect one another. Very, uh, very recently, the messenger called a conference in Chicago. In fact, uh, you've just acquired a new temple in Chicago, I think. And uh, members of my staff were out there, and they were extremely impressed. But they were kind of left with one thing that they did not quite understand. And that is, can black people serve the nation of Islam without becoming a member, without you know, receiving their ex to, to serve the nation of Islam. And this was a call especially to black professionals. And in your answer, I'd like you to deal with if people who say do not follow your dietary laws, people who are users of nicotine and things like that, if they can be of service to the nation of Islam. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has caused us to see and understand that America is in a very grave, a period of crisis. Her own leaders bear witness to this. We see a great problem of unemployment. We see that uh, the State Department or the Labor Department of the United States government has said that they face a great problem when they bring their soldiers home not having jobs for their soldiers to fill. We see the fall of the American dollar we see the rise of the black man in his desire to be free. We see the 
recalcitrance on the part of whites, the stubbornness on the part of whites to yield to the legitimate demands of black people. We see that black and white are on a collision course. And we also see that the white man is easing the black man down, easing him off of his jobs, easing him off of welfare, easing him now into the breadline. Black professionals today are now unemployed. They're walking around with attache cases with resumes, but no job. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us that if we are 100 years up from slavery and are a free people, we should not beg the white man to make a job for us. We should make ourselves busy building jobs for black self. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taken the nation of Islam and has caused us to develop from nothing to a group today that has international respect and acclaim. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has guided his poor few followers to the purchase of thousands of acres of farmland in America. He has caused us to set up an independent black educational system. He has caused us to set up restaurants, bakeries, supermarkets. He's caused us to set up canning factories, processing plants, warehouses, a, a, a giant cold storage uh, warehouse with uh, our own press facilities where we produce our great paper, Muhammad Speaks. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is now engaging us in international trade and commerce. This great and beautiful uniform that I have on, designed by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, was made for us by our brown brothers in Japan. We are now trading with Japan and soon will be trading with other independent Asian and African nations to give the black man of America everything of necessity that we need. We want to lower the price of the commodities that we have to buy in America and we want to give the black man a standard of living that can cause us to rise and be respected. So in this regard, the messenger says we need now the professional expertise of the black man of America. We need dentists and doctors and hospital administrators because we're now building a hospital in Chicago and we soon hope to build hospitals and health care facilities for black people throughout the country. We need every kind of technician. We need architects and engineers. We need um, business administrators, buyers, managers, uh, teachers, professors of every kind. We need this now because we have grown to the point in the nation of Islam where we can give jobs now to all of our people. All we're saying to black people is don't come to us thinking that we have a big bankroll of money that we're going to give you to use. We want you to come and bring your expertise that we may make that bankroll so that you can live, your children can live, and the black nation can survive. But then must I follow your dietary laws? Must I follow your moral laws? Must I follow any specific laws within the nation I'm glad to you brought that you. point back up. Yeah. <laughs> because 
The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us that every black man and woman in America is born by nature a Muslim. As the word Muslim means a righteous person. By nature we are that. By circumstance we are other than that. Now, we are not asking you, do you smoke? If you can run the factory, then we're asking you to run the factory. We'll deal with the cigarette later. We're not asking you, did you have pork for breakfast? We're asking you, can you fly our plane? Will you fly this plane? Will you be a professor in this institution of learning? We're not asking you about your moral life. Though tomorrow, when you understand better what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is all about, when you understand that he's trying to build a society of black people that will be a cohesive society, a society of black people wedded together in the bond of love and brotherhood. And we know that we cannot produce love and brotherhood on the base of immorality. If I'm going to steal from my brother, I can't get the love of my brother. If I'm going to take my brother's wife or daughter, I can't gain the love and respect of my brother. But we know that as you understand that moral law better, it will make it easier for you to apply it. But at this time, we're not offering you that. We're offering you a job to work for Black Cell. Very recently, and this probably gets back to the mor morality or immorality, we've seen quite a few incidents where uh, prisoners, and uh, I think it's a known fact that quite a few of the people who have been brought to the Nation of Islam have discovered their righteousness while incarcerated in a prison. And uh, one of the things that most uh, males, and now I understand from the news that's coming out, a lot of females have to deal with is homosexual relations in prisons. Uh, how can they serve the nation of Islam? And does the fact that a man is a homosexual have anything to do that would negate his coming into the nation and being dealt with by the nation of Islam? Let me say this, my dear brother, and to you in our viewing audience. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been raised up by Allah not to condemn our people, but to reclaim the fallen black man of America. No matter what we are engaged in now, we can be changed from that state into a better state. And for us to say that we will take this one but leave this one off, who are we to pass that kind of judgment on our brothers and sisters. We know the question should be asked, whence came this perversion or this deviation? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has caused us to see and understand that when Allah created this universe, He created everything in the universe to obey a law. The sun obeys the law under which it is created, the moon, the stars, this planet, Earth, obeys the law of its creation. And what we see in the creation is that no creature deviates 
from the law under which it is created. The planet moves in its orbit, not disobeying the law one fraction of a second. So teaches Messenger Muhammad and the astronomers can bear him witness. I don't care where you find an ant on the planet, a bee, a bird, a fowl, fish. They all obey the nature in which they're created. Man is not created to deviate from a certain nature in which he's created. The planet Earth is created to incline to the plane of its orbit 23 degrees, 30 minutes. The planet inclines to the plane of its orbit. This is a natural inclination or leaning. Man by nature is inclined to and leans toward the female. And the female by nature leans toward the male. Now we want to know whence came this deviation. Whence came this deviation. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has said to us that it was not until a made man came to our planet, a man that was made 6,000 years ago, made from the original man, but made opposite to the nature of the original, made to deviate from the natural way of God and man made an opposer of the natural way. So naturally, if a man is an opposer of a natural way and deviates from the natural course, his whole lifestyle will be a lifestyle of deviation. Listen very carefully. The Bible says he changed the truth of God into a lie. And when you pervert the truth of God and make it a lie, then what follows from that is a system of perversion, a system of deviation. We didn't learn this freakish behavior in Africa. You cannot find brothers in Africa walking around with broken wrists. You don't find women in Africa running with women. We learn that behavior in our sojourn in America. So since we learn this behavior, we can unlearn this behavior. Again, again, there is a scripture that reads, as a man thinketh, so is he. If you make a man to think like a woman, we have seen that thought is so powerful, it projects itself totally on the man's brain. And it begins to reshape the material so that a man who thinks like a woman, his face, his features, his movement, everything about him begins to change according to his thoughts. So the scripture says, behold, I make all things new. So we must get rid of the deviation and bring man back to the natural order in which he's created. And the only way to do that is to place in man's brain a new thought. And that new thought will bring up a new idea. And that new thought and idea will reshape the matter of the man, change the form of the man, 
change the expression of the man. There is no such thing as a homosexual that cannot be changed. There is no such thing as a lesbian that cannot be changed. Almighty God, Allah is here to change us all up again into a new growth and to bring us back to the natural order in which we are created. <laughs> That brings me, Minister Farrakhan, to, to another question that I feel is very important. The war, drugs, prisons are removing a large percentage of black men. What are the sisters, what are the black sisters to do to fulfill themselves as women? Does the Nation of Islam uh, sort of have a program that is polygamous? Do you still believe in monogamy? Or how are the sisters, and especially those who have received their ex, can they receive their sexual necessities outside of the nation? Or how are they to deal with their sexual needs and desires? Well, these are, these are good questions that probably are on the mind of many people. My dear brother, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is trying to lift us up morally from the mud of civilization. During slavery, Messenger Muhammad teaches us that white people use the black man like a stud horse. We make him go into our women, make our women pregnant with babies that that black man was not going to support, that the slave master was going to support. We have a spinoff of that same light today. War is taking its toll on the black man. Prison is taking its toll on the black man. The lifestyle that we live is taking its toll on the black man and on the black woman. But to promote a program of polygamy just to satisfy a sexual need will not help the black man to overcome the weakness sown in him by our sojourn in slavery. We cannot become a strong people unless we become a disciplined people. We cannot become a mighty nation except we put our passions under control. Yes, there are many brothers who want to go out and take two or three wives today to support them no they don't want to support them they want to do just what you said fulfill some grand sexual desire but life is more than sex <laughs> the honorable elijah muhammad has made us to see and understand that this is a divine thing and once it is corrupted its divine purpose perverted then that same act that was designed by the creator to motivate to stimulate to procreate that same act then serves to absolutely degrade the human being so the honorable elijah muhammad teaches the sisters in islam discipline 
And the Holy Quran backs him up. It tells the sisters and the brothers to be patient until Allah rewards them out of his grace. Because the greatest reward for a good woman is a good man. But if that woman will let her passions drive her to throw herself away on any man, then she becomes a loser anyhow. And any man who wants to use the fact that men are killed in war, men are languishing in prisons, as an excuse to run through the black woman, knowing that she needs to be supported, she needs to be protected, she needs to be maintained. And under the present economic setup in white America, one black man cannot halfway support one black woman. So what is he going to do with two or three? So to our sisters, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad preaches moral reform. To our brothers, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad preaches moral reform. He preaches moral discipline. And believe me, when you and I learn to practice moral discipline, to put this matter under the supreme control of a rightly guided mind, we will have a well-ordered society, a better harmony and peace among us, and whatever is to be will come about, but we will have to be guided into it by a wisely guided messenger of Allah. In order to clarify a few other things, because a lot of things, you know, people out in our audience do not quite understand, why is it that when a brother receives his ex, he can still wear normal street clothing and he can still move about the community in a way in which he is not that readily identified? But most of the sisters, when they receive their ex, take to a special garment, take to a special way that they become very vulnerable and are very identifiable in the community in which they move. First, I think we should understand what this X is. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us that all of the names that we as black people have and presently use and wear are really not our names, but are the names of white people. When we were on the slave plantation, our slave masters named their slave after themselves. So if we belong to Mr. Jackson this morning, our mother could give us the name Tom or John or Frank, but our slave master gave us the name Jackson. And if we were sold to Mr. Johnson this evening, we could retain Tom and John and Frank, but our surname would be Johnson. Here we are, 100 years up from slavery, still wearing the white man's name. How could, can you and I be respected, Muhammad asks, wearing in 1972 invisible chains of slavery that bind us to our slave masters and their children? You are not Jim Jones, Frank O'Hara, Scarlett Culpepper, Larry Brown. Henry White, 
you are no longer the property of white people. So why should you go in the white man's name where he can claim you as his own? So there's a song that we used to sing in the church. There's a man going around taking Take names. Name. <laughs> and the Bible says that we wore the name of the beast and the mark of the beast. And we had his mark in our forehead and in our hands. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has caused us to understand that the beast here is not referring to a four-legged animal, but is referring to a people whose characteristics in dealing with us have been as a beast deals with its prey. And so their thoughts are in our mind as they have been our teachers, our trainers, and our educators. And their deeds are the deeds that our hands do. And their names are the names that we wear. So the Bible teaches us that in the last days, God would raise up a man who would take away the mark of the beast and would take away the name of the beast. So we can get rid of wolf today, Mr. Bear, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Fish. It is a shame for us, the original people of the planet and the creatures of Almighty God, a descendant of God to be named after the creatures rather than after the Creator. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gives us an X, and that X in mathematics means the unknown. We do not know now what our last name shall be. We do not know what divine characteristic we will manifest so that we could be named according to the attributes of God. So we receive an X. And at some point in time, Allah or his messenger will give us a name according to that characteristic of God that is most manifest in us. So when we get our ex or become registered followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the woman's garment changes first. Why does Muhammad change the woman's garment first? <laughs> The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us that the woman and her dress can cause us to understand the degree of civilization and refinement of that people and it can cause us to see what type of civilization that she represents. Anytime we see a black woman in a mini dress or skirt halfway up her thigh which does not permit our beautiful black sister to sit down in comfort without men ogling at her beauty. This style, Messenger Muhammad teaches us, and the world of our kind bears witness, is an indecent style. It promotes filth and indecency. Therefore, Messenger Muhammad is a man who recognizes the indisputable fact that the black man can never be respected until the black woman is respected. For the black woman is the mother of civilization. And if our women are corrupt and cheap, she's going to produce a corrupt and cheap future for us. We don't want our women whistled at. We don't want men winking at our women, patting on our women, 
feeling on our women, disrespecting our women. Muhammad wants the black man to rise up as a man and respect and protect the black woman. But the black woman must be in a position to demand that respect. But she must first be self-respecting. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad asks all black women, whether you're in the nation of Islam or out of it, lower the hem of your garment. Put on clothes, my dear sisters, that dignify you. You're such a beautiful creature. You don't have to show off the beauty of your form because showing off the beauty of your form will attract a man to you in an indecent way. And when a man marries you for the beauty of your physical form, you must remember, my dear sisters, that time works on everything. And what was a beautiful form today may not necessarily be so beautiful tomorrow. So, if you gained a man by the beauty of your form, then when you lose that form, you may lose that man. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, cover yourself. And if you're going to attract a man, attract him on the basis of your decency, your righteousness, the nobility of your character, the majesty of your wisdom. And so in Islam, we cover the woman first because she is first. But the black man can wear a conventional dress as long as he's not way out. We don't like the styles that the white man is dressing the black man up in as a clown. He used to laugh at us and call us little black Sambo and show us all the different strange colors that Sambo used to wear and the stripes that Sambo used to wear. Now he dresses you up like Sambo and you're walking around with one red pant, one green pant, one blue this, one polka dot that. He's making a fool of you in the eyes of intelligent, civilized society. Brothers and sisters, Muhammad is dressing the woman up, but as you can see, your little brother is kind of dressed up too. <laughs> and, it's a very nice style. It's not Eastern or Western. It's unique. The black man is 400 years removed from the East and 400 years buried in the West. He's unique too. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wants to style us according to our uniqueness, our unique position in history. And now the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is guiding us to the purchase of of acres and thousands of acres of land where we will grow cotton for black self. We're raising sheep now for black self. And soon we'll be taking the wool off that sheep and taking that cotton and turning it into lint and turning the lint into cloth and bringing that cloth into our own factories. And then we're going to style the black man in a suit that will make him a dignified black man. But remember that the woman comes first. 
I would like to ask you also about the uh, use of drugs. And there are so many brothers who are strung out on drugs today. It's uh, probably, when the statistics are in, it will be one of the most destructive forces against black people in quite a long while. And um, I don't, I've never been on drugs, and so I don't understand the syndrome that goes down. But a lot of brothers have difficulty coming off it. They use it, then they go off it, and then they begin reusing it again. Yes. How do you deal with that if an addict comes into, a clean addict comes into the nation of Islam and then begins to use drugs again? How is he dealt with? And uh, I mean, is he expelled from the nation? Or what do you do to encourage people to assist themselves? The most beautiful thing about the nation of Islam is that those who come up out of drugs, as long as they remain with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, they never go back to drugs again. <laughs> and what this shows us is that the drug problem is not a physical problem. It is not a problem that can be solved with methadone or with any other medicinal uh, uses of drugs. This is a psychological and a spiritual problem. May, may I take a minute to explain right. this? I'd like to ask if, if brother is here, brother Raymond. Yes, sir. Brother Raymond, uh, is he here? Oh, he's in the audience. Brother Raymond used to use drugs before he came. Would you stand up, brother? brother stand Raymond? up, brother Raymond. In fact, <laughs> look here. Now, I would, just, I would just like you to look at it. Look at the beauty in his face. The clean look in his eyes. You would never believe that he used heroin, not for a year or two, but for many, many, many years. Is that right? Now he's in the temple. He came to the temple with one suit. Now he has many suits. Yes, he came to the temple walking in what they call foot foolers. <laughs> no shoe on the top, but nothing on the bottom. <laughs> now the brother is owning his home. He drives a fine car. He's in business. He has a family. And he's just been following the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for the last five or six years. Now what is it about Muhammad's teaching? And all throughout America, white scholars and social scientists admit that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's drug program is the best. Now why? Are there any other brothers here that used to use drugs that are in the temple? Stand up, brother. Stand up, brother. Stand up, brother. Can you get them? Thank you. Thank now, you very much. Now, Brother Ellis, you know, the thing about black people is that we are all drugged in one way or another. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, this is true. Some black people get high off of religion. <laughs> right on. Some black people get drugged off of uh, 
fame and fortune or position or power. But they're all high and they're all drugged. And in their own particular and peculiar circumstance, they are isolated from the world of reality. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us that it is in our human nature to desire to be free, to seek justice, and to be equal. Since we are from the earth, and the earth is full of wealth, we being from the earth, and from the God who created the earth, are also full of great spiritual wealth. Every human being feels this greatness within. But as long as we're deprived of the opportunity, the proper education that will cultivate and develop the talents that we have, and the opportunity to express ourselves where we can feel the worth and dignity of a human being, then within ourselves we are drugged. We are dragged down by the lack of freedom. And by not being able to express ourselves, we get no real happiness in life. And so since we found that we get pleasure out of the organ of sex and denied the pleasure of a creative mind, denied the pleasure of seeing the work of our own hands, then we reroute this desire for pleasure into the organ of pleasure. Or we reroute this into desire to beat up our brother to act bad, or when we get positions to walk around proud and pompous. We are drugged, or we go into the church seeking God, seeking a God who will give us that freedom, that joy of life, that peace and contentment of mind from the troubled existence that we have. And so we beat our tambourine, and we foam at the mouth. And we jump over the benches in a religious experience, but it's a drug. It's just as much a drug in the church as it is on 116th Street for the junkie. Because the drug addict, the church addict, is one who feels now that in this closed world, I can find peace. I can find euphoria. I can find heaven. I can find that unreal world. But when I leave the church and go home, I go home to the rats. I go home to the, to the cockroaches. I go home to the filth and the squalor of a real condition. And so it is with the junkie. He's deprived of the reality of the expression of his greatness. So he retreats into the world of unreality. Oh, but the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gives us a teaching that gives the black man the love of black self. When he teaches us that we are the original man, meaning the first man, the father of all human beings, gods, and the descendants of the divine creator, while we begin to brace ourselves up, throw our shoulders back, and we feel too dignified to reach down for a cigarette to reach down for alcohol, to reach down for a drug, because we are flying up now with the most high God. But high, but high in wisdom, high in understanding, high in power, high in the ability to do. So the Honorable, so the Honorable Elijah Muhammad 
creates a society that gives us pleasure. We get pleasure from each other's company because we love each other. As the Bible said, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So when we have this union of the brotherhood, it makes us uh, feel good. But it's real. I can reach out and touch my brother. I don't have to dream about brotherhood. It's real. Then Muhammad says, come on in and let's go to work and build something for black self. So now the junkie is able to express himself in his own school, in his own environment. Now when he sees our planes landing on our runway, he sees thousands of acres of our own farmland. He's driving tractors on his own land, building skyscrapers out of his own mind. And he says, I don't have to use junk anymore. I don't have to beat a tambourine anymore. I don't have to use wine anymore. I don't have to lay down at the foot of the white man anymore. I can stand up like a man and look all men in the eye and bear witness that at last I'm a free man. Free from drugs in the world of reality. That's Muhammad's drug program. I'd like to have the time to ask Minister Farrakhan uh, one other question that's very important. And that is that uh, recently you have had quite a few people who are, quote, personalities or stars who are turning to the nation of Islam. And when they become members of the nation, we sort of don't hear from them anymore. Are you going to reprogram them? Are you going to use them in the same vein that they were performing in before they came into the nation? Or what kind of program do you have, say for um, Joe Tex, who I think has become a, a minister of the nation. Uh, some of the Delphonics are now members of the nation. Uh, Muhammad Ali is a member of the nation. What is your program for these personalities and how are you going to deal with them? What you will find, brother, that a man like Joe Tex a man like James Brown, a sister like Aretha Franklin, or I should say a brother like Joe Tex, a brother like James Brown, and a sister like Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Flip Wilson, great black performers, Ellis Hazlett, Leontine Price, Leontine Price. <laughs> These great blacks who have distinguished themselves in their own particular field these blacks have distinguished themselves in the fields that were open to them but there is yet a higher talent and a greater calling after the song is sung after the music is played and after the dance is danced sing for me dance for me as it is written in the bible by the rivers of Babylon, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps on the willow tree and our joyful song had turned to mourning. And they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth. 
saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing a spiritual for me. Dance for me. Do this thing. Well, fine. We've distinguished ourselves in that. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that the time has come for the black man to distinguish himself as our fathers did. He said, our fathers created the sun, moon, and stars. Our fathers built civilization that this civilization has yet to match. Our fathers built the pyramid and the sphinx. And if we are the children of such glorious father, should I go to my father now and say that I'm your son and what I've contributed to the world is the chicken? Or the hully gully? Or I blow a horn? Oh, I can sing. I made music. I created a symphony of sound in the planets and their rotation in the birds and the fowl and the beasts. All of them make sound. We are the creators of music. Now we must create a world for the black man to live in that when he plays music again, it will not be the music of blues coming out of a deceitful blue expression where we lost our love lost our home, lost everything that is ours. When we make music again, it must be a music, as David the psalmist says, a music that is a praise of God. Praise him in the song, praise him in the dance, praise him in the psaltery, praise him on the harp, on the lute, in the poetry. Let everything be a praise of God. Let everything that we do lift the black man up. There's much room for entertainers. And if they don't want to give up their particular art form, let them go ahead, but learn how to use their art to help the black man. Right. Muhammad's trying to build a hospital. Aretha can help. James Brown can help. Ray Charles can help. Every black performer can help. You don't have to get off the stage, but remember that your stage days are coming to a close. Remember that your song singing and your dance dancing days your horn blowing days they're coming to a close because when the black man is hungry naked and out of doors you can't sing for him you better show him which way to food which way to clothing which way to shelter come on black man let's stop being the clown and the actor the, the buffoon for white folks and let's start distinguishing ourselves before the world as intelligent men of wisdom and science Um, Minister Farrakhan, um, I personally, wow. <laughs> I draw a lot of strength from you and I, I thank you for participating in this evening's program. And, uh, when we talked the other night up at the restaurant, uh, you said you wanted to conclude today's episode with a special message to our brothers and sisters that are in prison and who really at this moment in our history feel that they have no future. But before I present you to this beautiful audience again, I'd like to remind our audience that we need to hear from you. We are trying to create programs of black love, of black strength, of black encouragement, and we hope that you agree with what's going down. 
And if you do agree, write us. If you don't agree, write us. We just need to hear from you. Our address is Seoul, 304 West 58th Street, New York City, 10019. Write down that address. It's Seoul, 304 West 58th Street, New York City, 10019. We need your help. We need your support. We need your love. We need your disagreement. We just need to hear from you. And now I give to this beautiful audience and to you, our lovely television audience, the Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam with the concluding statement. Minister Farrakhan. To our beloved brothers and sisters who are viewing this telecast in prison, and that really is every black man, woman, and child in America. That's right. For all of us are in the prison house of ignorance of the knowledge of self and others. But more specifically to our brothers and sisters in prison and to our brothers and sisters in the streets, wherever you may be, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to you and me this, that regardless to what crime that you have been accused of, Allah, your God and mine, declares that you are innocent. You are not a criminal by nature, for your God who created you did not create you a criminal. He created you in the nature of himself, and since he's righteous and good, he created you and me righteous and good. But a criminal brought our fathers out of Africa. A criminal kidnapped us and put us in the holes of ships and brought us to America. A criminal robbed this country from the Indians. A criminal murdered the Red Indians. A criminal robbed us of the knowledge of ourselves so that today we stand before the world without a knowledge of ourselves, our culture, our history, our God, our religion, our past, stripped before the world. We were taught to steal by our master. We were taught to lie and to cheat by our master. Self-hatred was bred into us so that it made it easy for us to stab each other, to shoot each other, to cheat each other, to downgrade each other. But today we can give all of that up because God has come and made his appearance in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. And he has raised up from our midst a divine messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, to clear us of the sins of white people. As it is written, he shall save his people from their sins. So today, as it is written, a blind man hath no sin. Every one of you in this audience, no matter who you are and where you may be, you are innocent of the sins of white people, but today, after you know yourself and know them, you can't blame them any longer. You've got to learn how to blame yourself. So out there, come on up out of the mud, my dear brother and sister. Come on up out of the drugs, out of the valley of poverty and want. Come up out of filth, evil, and indecency, and let us learn how to love each other as never before. You can do it if you try. And if you try it, You'll like it. 
So, press the number one if you would like to share something that stood out to you. Press the number one if you would like to share something that stood out to you. We're going to start off with Nicole. Peace and blessings to all. Can y'all hear me? Yes, ma'am. All right. All right. No, the thing that's that I want. Well, first, I'd like to say really great, really inspiring message. Um, powerful, really touched on a lot of the questions that I know have been floating around my mind personally, maybe not for myself, but just for all the people I associate with. But the thing that really spoke to me the biggest was when he was talking about the woman's first with the cloth. And that really, really spoke to me and like gave me chills, like had me over here in my seat. Like, yes, yes, yes. I, I wanted to unmute and snap. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because that really spoke to me because I believe in my personal opinion that there is multiple wars going on for our minds, our bodies and, you know, all types of things. And it made me realize that although in my personal opinion, the original attack might have been centered towards the black man. I believe with the rise of the black woman in today's era, that it is now centered towards the black woman and that our focus also needs to be centered towards the black man because of that. Cause I believe that um, women are, how do I say, waking up? I don't know what the correct terminology would be, but I, I believe that the women are coming along a lot faster. Um, and that's just my personal opinion, um, you know, and that's why I started my nonprofit. Um, it's very beginning stages, but I'm working on it. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I really appreciate the message. It was great. And thank you for all of, every time I get the little text message, I am just in, appreci in appreciation. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for coming on. Uh, next, we have Sister Brianna. Thank you, Aslan. Welcome, everyone. Um, it's funny because the law always works like this. When you talk about something the day prior, he brings up something else. And last night at my aunt's house, we were talking about uh, the Bible. <clears throat> the Bible, we're talking about Jesus. And she was saying how Jesus helped blind people see. And I'm like, yeah, well, we do that too. Right. Of course, I'm not saying that we're prophets or anything. Right. But we help the blind see. We help people that are deaf hear. Right. Um, he says that we uh, we can't gain love from immorality. So being a good person, having your your morals intact is what will get you to that next level. It will make sure that you stay pure. And uh, something that E.T. said, he said that we forget to thank God for the position that we're in now when we could be in worse or we have been in worse. So just always remembering to be grateful and show gratitude. And uh, the dots only connect backwards. So if you don't understand why you're going through something or it seems like it's hard, like, we go through our trials and tribulations so he can test us or he can see how much we've grown or we can see how far we have came. 
So it all comes back full circle. That's all. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. Sister Wendy. Uh, brother, did you say Sister Wendy? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I apologize. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, family. Um, so, um, I what what stood out to me uh, uh, was a, a several points, but um, mainly it just confirmed my thought and my experience in in the teachings and becoming more and more adept uh, was the. Um, the part about the woman, uh, the self-respect, uh, we, you know, in order for the black man to be respected, uh, we first have to respect the black woman. Um, in, in my opinion, uh, I feel like, uh, because the mother is the first teacher, the nurturer, she's the foundation of everything in the home. Um, that's the big, you know, that is the beginning of, all our, our uh, problems, that's, that's the answer. So um, my uh, contribution, my writings and, and whatever I do is really geared to uplifting the black woman because it's, it's just a lot of um, misconception and confusion uh, about us and our place in society. And it has our relationships with our black men uh, in a, a place of destruction, which uh, it just it causes everything to fall apart. Like like the minister teaches, like the community uh, and family is the foundation of our success. And um, so when we think about men, yes, our men have um, a lot of work and responsibility, as we all do, because of of the condition that we're in. But our women, when we educate our women, then that trickles down to our men and then they understand how to treat the woman and what their responsibilities are. Um, so when he said that, that just kind of confirmed my personal feelings. And, and I'm, it's like uh, I'm really dedicated to that because I am um, a transformed woman when it comes to a relationship with a man. Um, because I too, in my younger age, had that uh, wrong attitude, that independent, um, I'm strong, independent black woman, and just going through helping the enemy destroy black men, um, expecting our black men to be in the same position as um, white men. Uh, expecting those same things, and we have to just be real. We, you know, we just have to be real about our reality and not live in a false world, and uh, and pay attention to how it is that white women end up with our black men. And I and I, I firmly believe that that's because they tap into all the areas that we uh, forget, neglect, and refuse. Too. And that's uh, the main thing is being patient and being able to allow him to be the man and stop um, stepping over our boundaries and want to be in control of everything. So uh, 
But when we start respecting ourselves and find respect in the inner self and understand what God, Allah, has created us to be, then uh, we don't have to have that false uh, uh, security, that defense mechanism that we see in sisters. That's really just a defense of insecurities, I believe. And so once you know who you are, you don't have to have all that. And then our relationships with our men change. That's all I got. Assalamu alaikum. Salam. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else has something that you would like to share about what you heard in the minister's interview? Press the number one. What stood out to me was the fact that the minister spoke heavily on the fact that we are taught that all of us are lost found members of the nation. All of us are, are, are Muslims by nature and we are not to condemn our people or judge them, but we are to wake them up. And especially when they are dead or dumb, deaf and blind, uh, you know, the God came to save us from the sins of white people. So the condition that they're in right now, I remember our study group coordinator, brother Malik, <clears throat> talked about, you know, as a doctor, you're not surprised when your patient throws up in front of you. You you don't you don't get all extra and look disgusted because your sick patient throws up or your sick patient is doing something that sick patients do. So if we are the civilized going after the uh, uncivilized as five percent, what are we surprised for when they're acting like they've been talked to act taught to act or as the honorable Elijah Muhammad said when they're acting other than ourselves so that's the part that you know I, I like and stood out the fact that when he was asked well do they have to do this well do they have to do that he said man we're not finna ask you did you eat pork today and all this man we got a nation to build it reminds me when a minister recently said a couple of years ago we can talk about religion after we free Yes, we want you to fix your diet. Yes, we want us all to grow morally. Yes, we want all that. But we're not finna stick, you know, just harp on that. When we got work to do and we can lean on your best part. Hey, man, what's your gift? How can you help the black man? We're going to get you together over time. After you be around the environment and you continue to hear. You'll grow. But he's not, well, we're not expecting everybody to be perfect before being able to help. And many people think that, oh, man, I got to be perfect. I still do this. I still do that. Man, we all still do something that we're working on. It's a hospital. So we all striving to get clean. Uh, Sister Nicole. Never mind. I connected to Sister Wendy on my own. I just wanted to tell her, like, we need to get together and connect. I really liked what she said. All right, family. Well, we've been on one hour and 11 minutes. So I thank you all for tuning in this morning uh, for the soul interview. Uh, we completed the entire interview and I'm going to put a poll inside of the chat today. So make sure that you guys who have Telegram, please be active today. I'm going to put a poll in there. Uh, so just make sure that you vote on this particular poll. And inshallah, I'll see you all in the morning. Assalamu alaikum. Wow.